The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, October 26, 2017, Season 13, Episode number 62. Welcome to another edition of The Break. I am Derek Eagleton, and uh, we are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going to talk some Cowboys football today, as we do every day. Today we're talking about the Washington Redskins defense versus the Cowboys offense. I'm sure Dave will have a great scouting report for us. I'm sure... Amber and Nick are going to tell you guys some things that we should be concerned about with regards to this Washington Redskins defense. Uh, and I'll just steer the ship here and just let these guys shine as I do every day. How's everybody this morning? Lovely. So great, Derek. I love you. Whoa. I'm awesome. That was awesome. I'm freaking great. Good. I love that. Thank you. Cool, brisk like the energy. breeze in the air. Got to go up to not Washington, but Baltimore, Baltimore. Yeah. for a football game. Yeah. It's going to be cold tomorrow, though. LSU can't lose this weekend because they're on a bye. Life is good. Oh, y'all on a bye, too. We're on a bye, too, so that's yeah. good. Yeah. So, I love those weekends. Life's good. Nick. I'm fine. <laughs> throwback Thursday. You know what today's Throwback Thursday is? What? It's going to be on the site. The 1999 game between the Redskins and the Cowboys. It was my very first game to be an employee with the team. And uh, down 21 in the fourth quarter, I thought, you know, this is – this kind of sucks, actually. But then, Emmett, Michael, Troy, Rocket Ismail brought him back, tied for the the longest or the, the best comeback in Cowboys history. Is that a play action pass? I remember play I action remember pass, the, the, the Rocket pass. But yeah, yeah. Go back and watch the uh, Throwback Thursday when it goes on the site, maybe in the next hour or so. Good one. Yeah, it was. It was the best one. I thought, you know what? If all the games are like this, it'll be awesome. So they won the first road game. They went one and seven on the road that year. So that was. <laughs> That was the the win. I like so good one. I, you know, the, I, I I don't want to jinx myself or the team here, but the Cowboys are six and two against Washington since I started working here. Best record against the division foe. What was what was there? It seemed like the Cowboys had gotten into record territory there in the early two thousands. Yeah, it was about thirteen. On the number of wins that they had in a row. It was about Washington. thirteen in a row. Was that a record? I don't know what the record is. I mean, maybe, but. I know it all. It ended in 2002 on Emmett's last game with the team. Campo's last game was the coach, and about six guys missed curfew the night before. Like, wasn't didn't go well. Wasn't you kind of could predict that that yeah. was going to be the outcome. Parcells had already been rumored. Like this is not just rumored. Like it was pretty much we yeah. do. Good games, though. You know, one thing about Cowboys Redskins, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about records. Now this one's a good one. They're both three and three. But yeah. over the years, we've seen the bad Redskin teams and. 2000 or 95 when the Cowboys won the Super Bowl they got swept by the 4 and 12 Redskins and when the Cowboys were 1 and 15 of course they beat the Redskins so uh, th- this game's always a good one doesn't matter what the records are Amber how are you this morning Muy bien Derek good. Muy bien gotcha. feliz feliz de la vida hace frío pero feliz de la vida La vida is that life living yeah. life happy about life Yeah See? Context See? context clues. See, I'm there. Feliz means happy. And I've been watching Narcos, so <laughs> I've been getting better at kind of picking up those. Been improving context. a little How bit. How great is the intro song on that show? It is great. The whole like, show. The whole show is really good. It's really great. It became one of my favorites in a matter of a first season, and now it's 
on season. Is this season three that they just did? Yes. That's what Orlando keeps telling me. Skandrick, every time he sees me, he's like, Amber, you're going to be on Narcos? You're going to be on Narcos? I'm like, just stop. Just because I speak Spanish? Yeah. And then he got into a very weird conversation. Which conversation Shocking. does Orlando have that's not weird? Shocking. Like, well, surprisingly, kind of started by me. And it just turned into a very awkward, uncomfortable conversation. Inappropriate. I could just but imagine, right? Yeah. 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 But it was my fault. You led him down the path and then was like, oh, oh, what did I do? What did I do? I thought he was going a certain way with it. So I got a little defensive. And he wasn't talking about a specific thing. And I thought he was. So... Anyways, it was just a weird interaction there. It's all very vague. <laughs> I know. It's all very and I want to keep it very vague. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to I don't want to go into detail cuz I really don't yeah. want to have that conversation on there. All right, let's right. go ahead and uh, talk some football. Uh, let's talk about injuries as we do when we get started here. Uh, there were four players from the Cowboys that did not practice yesterday. Cheeto, uh, Dan Bailey, Tyron Smith, Kyle Wilbur, all of those except for Kyle Wilbur were kind of predicted. Uh, they were predictable. Uh, they've either, either been injured or are injured currently. Uh, Kyle Wilber, though, the, the knee injury, how serious is this? Is this something that uh, could threaten him uh, playing this week, or is this just a situation where, again, it's precautionary? I think it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. He's got a he's got a pretty good limp on him. I've seen him a couple days now this week. Um, I, I'm guessing he did it during the game. It, it's his, I think it's his left knee. Um, hard for me to say. I'm I lean more toward, like, this is probably something he can – gear up for though like I'm not ruling him out yet but as usual we'll see what practice looks like the next two days but he's got a pretty good hitch in his giddy up just moving around the facility right now that's for sure I mean I think we say this every week but when you're talking about injuries you got to see what happens on you know Thursday because if they miss more than one day of practice then I think it's significant if they're just trying to give him some rest to heal up, then that's one thing. But but if they if he goes into this day and doesn't practice or is limited, then I think you've got to start looking at you know. linebacker continues to be a situation for them because Justin, Justin Durant, Durant yeah. limited with his ankle. It's an ankle, right? Yes. No, it's a groin. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Justin Durant's limited. Kyle did not practice, and so you know, obviously Hitchens and Lee are fine, but. Uh, you know, just line, linebackers been an injury concern for them all year long. If you're going to have injured linebackers, you'd prefer it be anybody but Lee and Hitchens. I mean, yes. Seeing how that happens, those two guys, obviously, and, and that's See. every position. <laughs> you, <laughs> the guys that are the front line guys, those are the guys you want healthy. But, you know, I mean, you, you typically need like six or seven, and it seems like they've never had more than about four healthy at any given point this year. So that's something to keep an eye on. All right. the uh, It doesn't really seem like there's anything else really that's new uh, Cheeto at this point, is there anything we're hearing about him that suggests that maybe this could be the week where he at least, not, I'm not even talking about plays, but at least maybe works back into practice a little bit? I don't, I don't like, you know, it's not a big deal when Tyron Smith is a DNP. Right. I mean, you'd prefer he be healthy, but you're just like, whatever, he'll get ready. But this guy's a rookie. He hasn't really played significant snaps since Denver. Like, I know he gave it a go against Green Bay, but it didn't didn't last very long yeah. so I mean you know he's not the he's not in that class of player that I think of as like well he didn't practice Wednesday but he'll get it going like if he was if he sat out completely yesterday which he did that leads me to believe that this is another week where you probably shouldn't expect to see him I mean the, the Cowboys have played what 10 games since the preseason oh including preseason um how many games has he finished two 
I mean, I feel um, like he played the first game. He finished the Giants game. And what about in the preseason Hall of Fame? I thought he got hurt. No, he finished the Hall of Fame game and he got hurt in the Rams game. Yeah. And then or, he didn't play the Rams game, whatever. But so he's finished two. Two games? Yikes. Out of ten. ten. I mean, and I think I'm sure the, the training staff's just scratching their head on this one. Like, you know, how, how do you handle this one? Because he, he is a young guy and he's a rookie and he's trying to figure out, all right, what, how do we manage this? And it's just gone back and forth. And I mean, I'm sure everything they do is very cautious, but I just feel like almost getting close to just shutting him down. But like, like you keep saying, if he can just practice, I mean, you don't need the roster spot right now. He's not, he's not the number one priority. I think if you needed a roster spot, I think you could go Kellen Moore first, probably go a couple other spots before you need Cheeto to go to, yeah, I don't think it's hurting the team to be carrying him like this. It's just obviously frustrating. For but your second, you know, top number sixty draft pick. But if he keeps, if this keeps happening, and you want to put Rico on the roster, that I could see where that they could come. Which I believe you can do after this game. So after this game, he could move up. Has he started practicing yet? No. So it's not likely they'd move him up no. next week. I don't count on it. Yeah. I but it is possible. But he's just, I mean, he's working out with the strength staff. He's doing very basic stuff. Uh, he hasn't put on a uniform. Explain right. to me the rules there. Do you have to make a decision on him at a certain time, or is it just he is eligible for a decision, and you can ride that till the, they could wait until week 15 and say, now we want to make him active? They, uh, he's injured. Injured reserve is you could just be on IR all right. year. There's two guys that you can bring back after eight weeks. So the, it's, but I'm saying, when you, as far as the eight weeks, do you have to bring them at, back at no, eight no. weeks? Or you can just bring them back anytime after eight weeks? I think you can just bring them back. I believe this. Um, didn't they do this with Chaz Green? Maybe. Or, maybe that was Pup. I don't know. No. One, Pup, Pup's different. When yeah, you Pup make, is different. When you make that decision, it activates a three-week practice window where he can practice before you have to decide if you want to put him on the roster at all. But there's no, no. They don't have to do that next week. They can, they can wait. They could wait. It doesn't. They're not forced to make a decision next no. week. They can wait, and at whatever point they choose to, if they choose to make a decision, then they can do that. Absolutely, got it. Okay. They don't. So they have time. They don't have to do anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but if they wanted to, they can do it at any point yeah. after he served basically yeah. eight games yeah. of being on injured reserve. We, got it. See, we went. Oh, we <laughs> went is, French there. I, yeah. Yeah. It took me a second. Chez Paul Francais. Yeah. Okay. Go. All right, uh, let's get to um, let's get to the Redskins. Dave, are you ready with a, uh, a scouting report on these Redskins? Um, yeah, I can do what I can. Let's talk about the Redskins' defense. Tell me, tell me about this defense. Some of the players that are names that we should know and be prepared to watch this Sunday. You know what's funny is you would think that you're like super duper familiar with these guys because they're a division opponent. You play them twice a year, and to some degree, that's true. I mean. You got a lot of you got a lot of familiar faces here. No, actually, I, I I completely take that back. You really don't. That's my point. I guess you got you got Ryan Kerrigan. Everybody should know him. He's good. He's he's you know I think he's got sixty three career sacks for them. He's their first round pick. He's been there for five or six years. And then I mean there are guys that have been there for a couple years. Um, you know Preston Smith is a guy that that you should know. He's in his third year. He's their leading pass rusher right now. He's got four and a half sacks. Big guy out of Mississippi State. Mason Foster's been there for three years. Um, 
who am I forget? Z- Ziggy Hood has been Terrell McLean. Well, Terrell McLean, you know, because he's a cowboy, but right. this is his first year, and I guess that's. Oh, my you're talking point. about guys that have been with the Redskins that you've used to it's seeing just, play against. You know, yeah, like you, you know, like a D'Angelo Hall is like we've been playing this guy for years. Yeah, when's he gonna retire? Yeah. There's not a lot of those guys out here, though. I mean, all right, Josh Norman, he's in his second year with the team. Right. Um, Bashad Breland's been there for a little while. But, you know, like I said, Preston Smith is relatively new. Stacy McGee and Ziggy Hood are relatively new faces. Um, one of their defensive ends who's actually having a heck of a year is Matt Ioannidis. I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's only in his second year. Uh, Ryan Anderson is a 2017 draft pick from Alabama this year. Uh, same thing, Monte Nicholson actually has taken a, a starting safety job as a rookie fourth-round pick. Um, Kendall Fuller's your primary nickelback, and he's in his second year. So, like, like I said, like you kind of get used to seeing these faces over and over again. But I'm watching the tape of the Redskins, and I'm like, these these guys don't look that familiar to me. So that's my first impression. My second impression is, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but like when I think of a three-four, I think of like super athletic guys, even to the point of being like undersized. You know, like Von Miller. He's he's obviously he's amazing, but like you don't think of him as like this beefy guy, right? Small for for pass rusher. The Redskins are beefy. Like Preston Smith and Ryan Kerrigan are your outside linebackers, but I would wager that they might be bigger than any of the four three ends on this team. Like they're just big dudes. And then obviously, if you're gonna play a three four, you got a lot of beef in the interior line. Like I said, Unitas, uh, Ziggy Hood are your primary two down linemen. Um, Terrell McLean gets in there as well. Tell me this. Uh, it, you talked about Kerrigan and, and him being a beefier guy, but I think I remember seeing this more frequently than not. Not I didn't, I didn't chart it, so I don't know about the numbers, but do you, did you get the impression that Kerrigan's a guy that has his hand on the ground more often than not? Because it seems to me that that's the way. Even when they only have two down linemen, it seems like he has – it almost confused me to the point where I was like, is he playing defensive end or is he and an outside linebacker? Though, like these – Kerrigan and Smith are both listed. I mean, like I said, it's a 3-4, but right. they basically are down defensive ends in my – I mean, like they do do the stand-up stuff, but they they get down on the ground just as much as anybody that plays for this team, I think. At least that's what I saw. Yeah. Um, and then, again, uh, two names that I recommend you know are Zach Brown and Mason Foster. What positions? Linebacker, interior linebackers. Um, they're your leading tacklers. Again, like this is just – a really physical and not at all undersized defense. I guess that's really what I came away with having watched them. Um, DJ Swearinger is a really physical safety. I also think he's pretty bad at his job. Like he's just this last week, he got abused. He's not great in coverage. Like he's the quintessential. I'm gonna lay this guy out. Oh wait, he's three steps behind me. Did you say Roy Williams? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. There's something to that. Just. Just to further prove my point, I didn't have this written down, but I just looked it up. Preston Smith, Dak Prescott's teammate out of Mississippi State, um, arguably their best defender, in my opinion. He's 6'6", 270. Oh. Like, but he's an outside, outside linebacker. linebacker in yeah. Four, yeah. I, uh, no. That is a huge linebacker. He's an outside linebacker. He's a big guy. Um, so I see, you know, and I remember talking about this with the Rams, too, like, they run a three four, but I regular regularly was seeing as many as four and five guys down on the line of scrimmage. They play a lot of single high. I think obviously when they, when Josh Norman is in there, they trust him to play a lot of man. Um, Bashad Breland 
also not to the extent as Norman. I think like he's the guy that you would think you can take advantage of if they are going to play man. Um, and then they bring one of their safeties down. Kendall Fuller's out there a lot. So um, like I, like every 3-4 is like a little bit of a different iteration of each other. And this one to me just looks bigger and physical. And it looks like I don't think about tweeners when I see this defense. I'm just like these are big physical guys and they just happen to play a 3-4. So here's a question for you. Um, you look at the statistics of this defense and – they're kind of middle of the pack in a lot of categories, but one thing that stood out was their points allowed per game. They are 26th in the league, giving up 24.5 points per hmm. game. I have them at 25th. I wonder where, like, we're looking at different. Maybe. I, I it doesn't was, matter. I got it from Pro Football Focus. I think I got it from NFL. It doesn't matter. Either way, they're, they're somewhere in that range, giving up about 24 points a game. That being said, what, what have teams done? And, and I know specifically last week in Philadelphia, they were able to score a lot of points. What do you think teams have done when they've been successful against this defense? What What's the key to, to neutralizing this defense and, and, and being able to take advantage of them? Well, it's fun. Like, I mean, they're middle of the pack across the board. They're 12th in yards per game. They're, they're 19th against the pass, which isn't great, but isn't terrible. Right. But I do think there's wins to be had against the secondary, especially, you know, just the Cowboys' luck that I would guess Josh Norman's going to be back for this game. I would bet. But without him, and I mean, you saw it against Philly. Like I said, uh, Mac Hollins, I mean, Carson Wentz just dropped it over their whole defense for a 68-yard touchdown. Uh, Chris Chris Clement, I think, is Philly's running back. Again, amazing play by Carson Wentz, but he just beat single coverage. Um, so they're ninth against the run. And like I said, so they have about as big and as physical a front as I think you could expect someone to have and their two middle linebackers make all their tackles. I mean, Mason, Zach Brown has 63 through six games. So he's averaging 10 a game and Mason Foster's right behind him at 53. So they clean that type of stuff up. And honestly, um, if there's a way I think you can take advantage of them, it's probably chunk plays. At least that's what I've seen. Have they played a good rushing team yet? And, and how did they fare in that kind of game? Kansas city. And I don't have that the stats in front of me. Ken, but can you check that out for us? Kansas City, how did they do? Can't uh, get in there. Rushing versus the uh, versus against Washington the Redskins. Yes, yep. sir. But I, uh, what they lost? I mean, they lost that game on like the final possession yeah. of the game. They were right. their only loss of the year. Can't, oh no 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 it's no! Phillies. I'm sorry. What am I thinking about? I don't know what you're thinking. Go ahead. Yeah, they lost to Kansas City basically on the final possession, and then the famous, you know, Kansas City returned the fumble Ruski for a touchdown to cover the spread, like on the last play of the game. Um, a lot of people were upset, but I mean, that was a tightly contested game. And honestly, considering the way that the chiefs offense was humming up to that point, they played pretty well. I watched some of that last night, not the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt had 101 yards. They're giving, they're, they're, they're giving up 95. Alex Smith had 56 yards rushing. So, so they, as a team probably rushed for somewhere in the range of 170 yards, I would guess. Yeah. Which. They're giving up it, it classic NFL. Like it reminds me, and obviously you can stop the Cowboys. We've seen it happen. The, yeah. the Broncos did it very well, but they're giving up 95 yards a game, which is top 10. But I look at that and I'm tempted to think if you're allowing an average of 100, like the Cowboys will go over that average. Yeah. Like, and if they had allowed 170 to the Redskins, you would think the Cowboys should be able to run the ball, right? The Chiefs. I'm sorry, Chiefs. Then you would think the Cowboys. I, I'm glad. I'm glad Kent threw in Alex Smith's total because if there's one, I mean, 
He's not. And Alex Smith had a touchdown too, rushing touchdown. He's not. Touchdowns. He's not 2012 era Colin Kaepernick, but Dak is running the ball better than ever, right. and it is a noteworthy part of the offense every game over the last month. So he's got three rushing touchdowns in his last four games and 104 yards over his last three, I think. So I would say you should expect to see that. Yeah. And with a, you know, not trying to, I think Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith are awesome, but like with a big physical front like this, maybe you can take advantage of that with some misdirection type stuff. I mean, if you can get outside of that, if they crash down, like they're not the type of guys that are going to run you down in the backfield on a misdirection. So, all right. So, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want Amber and Nick to tell us about all those things that Dave kind of laid out. What's the one thing that you think uh, should be the biggest concern for the Cowboys facing this Redskins defense? We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said buy a samsung galaxy s8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on at&t next and have direct tv visit your local at&t store today buy each for 750 dollars on installment agreement with eligible service new line is free up to 750 dollars in credits over 30 months credits start in two to three bills if service canceled vice balance due taxes fees and restrictions apply limited time offer see store for details star sports tours is the only official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players alumni and cheerleaders that's not all though you'll get to talk x's and o's with senior director of player personnel will mcclay and of course with yours truly me brian broadis you can trust the official fan travel partner of the dallas cowboys and with us you'll travel like a pro visit cowboystravel.com to book your travel package today Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.comslash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it is the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star talking cowboys versus redskins today we're focusing in on the redskins defense and the cowboys offense uh dave gave us a scouting report now we're going to get to amber and nick and they're going to give us at least one thing that you noticed about this particular defense uh that stands out to you or maybe even a concern that you might have specific to one thing about this defense amber let's start with you Honestly, there's nothing that really worries me about their defense right now. Oh. Aside from the fact, I mean, you talked about the run defense. That would be the one area that stands out to me. But even then, they're supposed to be ranked amongst the top ones in the NFL right now. But their stats don't prove so. Or at least they haven't really been doing that too well. They do tackle really good. And I'm just really interested to see how the Cowboys are going to be able to manage that 
if the, their O-line is going to be able to keep that job going, how well they did against the 49ers, if they're going to be able to be in sync, do open those right holes and spaces for Zeke and Zeke being able to carry that away once again and have a great game. So that's that's honestly the, the one thing I'm just – I'm not worried, but I'm interested to see how they're going to go up against each other. All right. Nick? You know, one thing that they are really bad at um, is scoring at the end of half of their two-minute defense. And so one that, that's one thing that I'm kind of wondering about with the Cowboys – having an issue at, at kicker. Let's see how good Nugent is and, and how what his range is like. But if you go back to the six games that they've played, they've given up 51 points. That's The average is 24. They're, they're, they're the worst in the final two minutes of scoring. The Redskins defense. The Redskins defense. Yeah. They, they, they gave up two scores to Philly this last game. They gave up a field goal in the first game. They field goal in the Rams game. A field goal a drive against KC, but they missed the field goal. And then the Niners scored on the last play of the half um, there. So they, they're averaging 50. I mean, they're giving up 51 points there. And uh, in, in the two-minute defense, they're also the, the worst. So uh, you wonder about that. You know, that Dak's really good at, at two-minute. And, you know, Romo was really good at it, too. The Cowboys have something going there. But with, with the kicking situation the way it is, you know, and, and they probably feel comfortable with it or they wouldn't assign Nugent, but you wonder if they can take advantage of that with, with you know, what kind of range they need to get in for him. Well, as we talked about yesterday, it seems like he's been, even last year when he had the struggles at the extra point, he's been pretty consistent, 49 and less. It, that just does change things from, yeah. that, from the standpoint of that long-range field goal. So now you do need those couple extra yards to kind of get you down in the mid-40s where I'd probably feel a little more yeah. comfortable uh, in putting him out there. Where with Dan Bailey, if you get to 52-53, you're like, hey, let's right. give it a shot, and we feel pretty good that he's going to make it. And at the end of the half, you know, your, your range is a little bit different because if you miss, what happens? it's yeah. not that big a deal. Now, yeah. with the if their run defense is able to kind of stop their run, the Cowboys' run running game a little bit and kind of force Dak to throw the ball more, are you guys feeling very comfortable with the whole Dak connecting better with the receivers right now? The big thing for I – rem, I mean, if you think back to last year, this was the game, and it was only week two, but, like, Dez sort of got on track in this game after he had similar struggles against the Giants where what, they targeted him, like, nine times for eight yards or something like that. And then he had a 100-yard day against – mainly against Breland, um, which is my point. I mean, they they play a lot of man, but you can take advantage of it to a degree. Um, I think over the – I mean – Des has yet to have a 100-yard game, but I think their their connection has been better over the last two or so games to the point where it's not something that worries me that much. I mean, when you look at Josh Norman, if he's healthy and ready to play, what they did to Oakland back in, I think, week three, uh, that was domination right there. And, and Oakland's got a really good passing game with two good receivers, and uh, they shut them down. So uh, you know that they can do that. I don't we we talked about his his injury ribs mm -hmm. i don't i i have a hard time thinking he's going to miss the game but but he, you know he was limited last week i think it'll be he's limited this week they haven't really practiced yet we'll see well, they had 17 guys on the injury report a lot a lot of guys now now they, that was a it's an approximation yeah they they didn't practice but if they did practice that's what it would have been so 17 guys i have a hard time seeing him play you think I think so. Just because I'm if not he arguing with you again on no no on no who no can play and all that. <laughs> no I just I'm just thinking in the way like if 
you know, we know the whole drama with Des and all that. I'm thinking if you're not fully 100%, are you really going to put yourself out there to go up against Des and give the chance to maybe not be able to perform at your highest level and now you're... You know. But the issue is True. it's it's ribs. It'd be one thing if it was ankle or knee where he couldn't run. He can run. And so then it's a matter of probably it's more about pain tolerance. And you would think that if that's the situation and if they can give him something that helps deal with the pain, then he probably feels like I can still run so I can still cover. And that's the part where I think if he can get out there and go, even if he's going to have to deal with some pain, he's like, I don't want to miss this opportunity to match You ever had broken ribs? Huh? I, I haven't. I, I have not. Ryan. But I saw Tony Romo play a lot sooner. R- running. I've heard <laughs> I, on, I, running really sucks. Chasing wide. No, I've heard that too. Chasing wide receivers. Okay, so let me ask you: Do you yeah. think he's going to sit out because of broken ribs after three weeks? I'm not saying he will, ne- I'm just but, saying, but like, it's that's a possibility. I'm saying. I'm saying if he's not yes. 100%, oh, he would not put himself out with there the, and be embarrassed in front I, of Des. With I, this with this matchup, there is something to be said for that. Yeah, They, I, they, they have a commercial together. Yes. Their hatred. <laughs> this dude part. wants to play against Des because that's like they have that. Like, right, but but the point is, is that if Des tortures him because he really can't run and jump like he wants to, do you think anyone's going to care other than him? That that he no. had it. oh I have a broken ribs. No, no one cares about that. No, <laughs> no but also is are people gonna say yeah you got you got broken ribs so you can't play huh? Yeah, you well, can't he's play, missed huh? two others. I mean, this was supposed to be like a four. I, th- I thought this it was, was like, supposed to be the last game of his of the time that he would have to be out. I thought two to four weeks. Yeah, and oh. this was gonna be the fourth game supposedly. Is it? I thought he's that's made. what at the time it happened. I remember because I tweeted it. It was like the timetable. This was the back end of the timetable, and he would be back the game after the Cowboys. When did they get hurt in Kansas City? I don't remember which game it was. He's missed two. And they had a bye in there, too. Oh, they had a bye? Okay. So, Jay Gruden says he should return to practice this week. They didn't practice yesterday, but he thinks he's going to practice. And the question will be, is he going to play? play? I think he's going to play. If he's going to practice. Can I go back, though? I'm sorry, go ahead. If he was limited last week and practice this week, he'll probably play. Okay. Can I go back to that original question that you had about the uh, about the you know what how they connecting kinda, yeah connecting on those plays? I actually think one of Dave mentioned that they play a lot of man, and if you watch that Philly game, one of the things that you notice is there were most of their big plays came on plays where there was pressure, and then Wentz would escape the pressure, and then he would throw the ball downfield. When you're playing man, it kind of leaves your cornerbacks in those kind of vulnerable situations because the play gets extended, and it's hard to keep up with your man once the play extends. And so if you look at it from that perspective, I think they're creating some good opportunities for the Cowboys because Dak can elude pressure. We know that. We've seen that a lot. Dak makes some of his best throws when he's on the run, and it gives the cornerbacks a little more time to be able to now break off their routes and maybe create some separation because they can just kind of get away from a defender who's just having to cover for too long. So I think when you look at it from that perspective, it could create actually some good opportunities for the Cowboys that maybe they haven't been presented with as much to this point. But we'll see. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) I mean, well said, Derek. You want me to argue with you? Sure. That's what you usually do. I guess I was just waiting. I was expecting something. Idiot. I I hate that idea. (laughs) I was going back, not necessarily about the defenders. It was more, you know, being in sync with the receivers. And like Dave said, we have seen them getting better in the past couple of games. So I was just 
check in with you guys. I will you say, thought. I will say this. You know, we had a caller on Monday that was mad that Terrence didn't have a good, or maybe it was a tweeter that was mad that Terrence didn't have a good game. They and called in. I, I still don't care, but. If the Redskins are capable of taking away Dez or limiting him, that's when that matters. I mean, you look at the stat sheet last week, Terrence, zero catches on three targets, and Cole Beasley had one catch for 24 yards. Uh, And and again, that doesn't bother me at all because everything else was humming. But if everything else isn't clicking like that, then that's when you need those guys to be able to win their matchups. All right, we're going to get some questions. Call us. The number is 214-872-2102. Again, it is 214-872. 872-2102 or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Let's start first with a question from Twitter. Oh, you took me out. You caught me out of hand. People are just still talking about things we are definitely not discussing right now. Oh, but oh. yeah. <laughs> just comments on Des and Norman. Oh. Like um, what? Like what's the what's the general tone? Do people think that he's actually going to play this weekend? Yeah, people are, think he will go up. I mean, Right now, from what I'm seeing, is they think Norman is too prideful to be out of the game and not go in there and face Des one-on-one. I agree. So that, that's going to be interesting to see. But again, aside from, from that, what would be your biggest matchup here, either, uh, either side of the ball, offense or defense? What would be your biggest matchup? Well, Norman's back. Yeah. If well, okay, we talked about him, but um, I I still like the Byron Jones or um Heath going up against the tight ends. I, I think that that both Davis and uh, Jordan Reed are playing really well, uh, and they don't even have to be playing well. Like the, the, that's a good matchup for anybody with a good pass catching tight end. Just wait till Philly, you know, comes in with Ertz. Like that, that's going to be a problem. So that's going to Ertz. Yeah. So. I think it, I think it'll be I think the tight end is going to be the the issue there for the Cowboys. They got to make sure to get that stopped. Well, here's one about it, it's not regarding this specific game, but it is regarding Kellen Moore. Are the Cowboys planning to groom him as a coach or something, or why else have they not tried to cut him? Like, why are they still keeping him around? There's only so many ways we can say this, and that's because they. Don't want to basically like I mean like I'm I think we're all at the point where we think that that would not be a big deal, especially if you're willing to make Cooper Rush your backup and actually have him be one play away, which he was against San Francisco. But I think the Cowboys like having that safety net for whatever reason. Um, enough key people there trust that he's good for the quarterback room and he's capable of doing the job. And not very many people agree with them, and that doesn't really matter because they're the ones that make the decisions. So I I don't know what else we can say about that. And I get that it's frustrating, but it is what it is. But, but should, that's the point. Like, fans, it's not that big a deal. He's not going to see the field. And right now, I don't think it's messing with your 53. Like, I don't um, think there are guys that have been cut that – well, that yeah, this, probably he should have been cut instead of. This right? goes. Sorry, Nick. Go ahead. I was just saying when you think about like paring down the roster like we do in training camp sometimes, and you're sitting there and you're like, "All right, I got the sheet. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three quarterbacks. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go four tailbacks and a fullback. Okay. I'm on six receivers. Well, how many tight ends? I'm three. 
I'm gonna go with two kickers too. You're like, wait, wait a second here. Like this, this doesn't work. Something's got to give. What's what's going on? And it, it's not like it's really that bad on the other end. It's just a little bit thinner at at defensive end or you know, the defensive line right now. I guess you'd say a little bit thinner at offensive line, but nothing too bad that's hurting them. Like it's, you said, it, it, from the I get it from the outsider's perspective because again, is he lighting the world on fire? No, but Demontre Moore gets into the game and has at least made an impact in a handful of situations. He had five tackles. He has a, a few hurries. Uh, we have discussed already that that move was probably more than just about football. But from the outsider's perspective, where you're just like, well, I'm rem- an active player. Like, Demontre Moore, like, he tackled Carson Palmer that one time. What's Kellen Moore done? Like, I get it. But, it, like I said, it is what it is, you know? And I'm not going to try to, like, justify it. The moment they- I could do that, but I don't want to. And you just sometimes you just have to say, "Well, nobody but those people actually gets to make the call, and that's what they want to do." The moment that they cut a player that I think they they really want to keep, and Kellen Moore's still on the fifty three, that's the moment when I think it becomes an issue. I don't think it's been that yet. That's why I'm saying I don't know that it's a big deal yet. Yeah. And again, I get your point. And if you don't like, if you don't buy that, there, if you believe. That that was just a football decision with Demontre Moore. Then yes, you have absolutely every right to be saying that was a bad move instead of Kellen Moore. I just don't happen to believe that. Right. Okay. Simple Man says he has a crazy thought for you guys. A what? A crazy thought. Oh, okay. Sorry. T h o u g h t or t h o t. Moving on. That's two do completely you, different things. Do you guys think that Des could do some damage in the slot? What would be the positive versus negatives? He does play in the slot some. He's, of having him more. I think he's that. yeah, he's moved I think he's moved around more this year yeah. than most other years. Um which I mean, this is an interesting matchup for that to happen and that's uh, it's like the it's so cliche at this point like, well, is Norman going to travel with him and blah blah. I mean, you could move him to try to you get You like him. him better in the slot? I I mean, he he makes good plays out of the slot. I don't I don't really I think it makes a difference if you're moving him to scheme him away from a better corner, but I would imagine that Norman would just go with him if yeah. that were to happen. But I think that's where the issue is is that if you're just going to play regular defense and you put him in the slot, then, you know, they don't change what they do. But if Norman has to go in there, I'm not saying he's not comfortable in there, but but you know, a slot is is a tougher situation. So, um I think, you know, we've seen Dez really beat Norman in, in some plays, we've seen Norman get the best of him. It's, it's a really good health. I don't know healthy is the right word. It's a good <laughs> matchup. It's not healthy. I mean, um, there's nothing healthy about that relationship. No, right it's there. it's not. It's it's healthy competition, but it's not a, a good relationship. Um, I think there's mutual respect there. I mean, there has to. I do be. too. Um, but but I they, don't think I don't think they hate each other the way that it's kind of nah. I, I think it's a part of the game. It's a part of the fun. Makes it for fun. Them. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just but kind of two guys going back and forth. He knows this. One of Dez's worst plays he's ever had was because of Josh Norman, and he can never do that again. Like, if there's an interception that is thrown and they're running into the end zone and he stops on the play because he wants to to bark and, and get into Norman's face, that's unacceptable. And so he, he can't let Norman or any cornerback get him out of his game. And, and and hopefully, you know, and, and if I'm Josh Norman, you know that. And you know that you're going to be getting in his face because all Dez has to do is hit him and push him back or, you know, get distracted. All right, we're going to take our final break, come back. we got a call lined up. Uh, we'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. 
To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having thanksgiving without the cowboys basically we wouldn't recommend it so next time you have a tailgate home gate or whatever else kind of gate grab some ice cold dr pepper for you and your friends to enjoy it's a dallas cowboys tradition dr pepper the one you crave it can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters you search how to build savings you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Dave, take it away. I meant to write my own Tommy John read, but I was watching tape last night. I was watching game two of the World Series. There's just a lot going on. It was a great And I'm not a baseball fan, game. But that was a good game. Um, but, you know, just just wear Tommy John underwear. Give it a try. It's really good. I wouldn't steer you wrong. Dave, are you kidding me? I've, like I've been waiting for this. I've been looking forward to this Did we really just throw that moment. away like that? Wow. I mean. <laughs> really? You guys, what? You guys want me to make a bunch of innuendos? I want you to make a better read than that. You I can mean, just read that and be better than Yesterday it was said that. Just I mean, buy oh Tommy God, John. So like, what was better. that? My name is David Hellman, and I think Tommy John underwear is fantastic. And that's all I should have to say. <laughs> TommyJohn.com forward slash cowboys. It's the best damn pair of underwear you will ever put on. Male, female, honestly, it doesn't matter. I don't care. Like, I, I think... That women should be able to wear this stuff. Okay. Like, if you want to, it's <laughs> they great. They should, yeah. It's great. Like, Absolutely. obviously, you you got to pick and choose your spots, but it's good stuff, you know? And and everybody should wear it. That should be the challenge. Like, can men and women wear Like, is this so comfortable that men and women should I don't, Everybody should wear it. I don't see why not, like, yeah. out depending on the outfit. Like, why couldn't a woman wear this stuff with a pair of jeans or something? Why would no. the outfit matter? We don't need <laughs> to get into the semantics of that. But, like, use your imagination. Like, okay. That doesn't you, work. I'm, I'm t- like if you're wearing if you're wearing like a dress or a skirt or something that is like kind of short, and these are long, un- like these are long boxer briefs that like go down to your mid thigh. You know, like it might look weird. Depends. Like they have other ones that don't go down all the way to your mid thigh. They're like well, buy those upper then. thigh. Buy those then. Yeah. But like 
you know, men, ladies. You don't need the pouch, but hey, other than that, it's You don't need great. the pouch, yep. but it's still comfortable yeah. as hell. It's yeah. it's like walking on a cloud. Storage for when you walking? go to the club or something. What you, you say? You have some storage with the pouch <laughs> for when you go to the club. And like... Not bad. Not bad. I like it. All right. I'll try to write something better. <laughs> but I shouldn't need to because this stuff sells itself. It does sell itself, and they did give us like about twenty different reads. So if I'm you tired come of up with your own, tired then of feel doing free to read all. one no, of those. I'm tired of doing those. They're right. boring. Anyway, oh, not as boring as buy Tommy John. Thank you. I'd say the conversation that came out of that was pretty darn good, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, holler back hey. at me and let me know. Appreciate you. Hey, I think tomorrow, Nick, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you need to take over the read. I got him back. Awesome. Thank you. If you do a bad enough job with something, somebody won't ask you to do it again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, no, I will ask you to do it again. I'm just going to give you a little while to try to write something Dishes. this time. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. good point. Cleaning, yeah. stuff like that. All right. Diapers. Football. 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 All right, let's get into some uh, questions. The number's 214 872 2102. You can also hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. Let's start with a call from Ken in Louisiana. Ken, what up? Good morning. How are y'all doing? Great. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for taking my call. I got a quick question uh, on what the if y'all know what the status is on Randy Gregory and will he be brought back next year or will he be cut? And I'll hang up listening to y'all's answer. All right. Thanks for the call. Randy? You guys heard anything on Randy Re- Gregory in a while? Randy? I thought Ken was going to make that drop of, who are you? Who are you? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Randy Gregory is actually eligible to apply for reinstatement to the NFL on November the 6th. Oh, I thought you were going to say now. That Well, that's a, that's a week from now. Yeah. That's the Monday after the Chiefs game. Um, actually, uh, Charles Robinson of Yahoo.com wrote a whole update about this. You can get a little more information about it if you want it. Um it doesn't sound likely that he's going to get reinstated, but really, why not? Uh, just I think the NFL has concerns about like his overall readiness and whether they're ready to pull the trigger on that. And does remember, anybody know what he's been doing during this time? Actually, there's whispers. I, I mean, I haven't talked to him. I haven't seen him. He's not allowed at the facility. I was going to say, even if he was reinstated on November six, he still isn't allowed back at the facility until January. I don't know the date. He's oh, not so playing. He's not playing. So reinstated yeah. doesn't mean you're able to come back and play. No, he's reinstated. Just means he's can, suspended for what? a year. He's suspended for a calendar year, which okay. means January. Uh, reinstatement just means once the su- suspension is served, like he can what's the word work back into the structure of the team. Um, it, I, I don't know. It, I don't, I'm not an expert on how all that works, but I don't get the feeling that he is going to be granted reinstatement. We'll see. Um, again, you know, all credit to Charles Robinson. Cause he kind of, he seems like he's checked in on that. It sounds like, uh, he, he got a job at least for a little while and he's kind of trying to structure his life. Going what? Does he, does it doesn't say, yeah. um, just, it, it sounds like he's putting in an effort based on that for whatever that's Stop worth. Laughing, um, so <laughs> I'm just trying to think like, what's, what's I know job though. He's a big guy. He's kind of going to stand out pretty much anywhere where he has a job. About lucky whitehead getting a job. People know. need people need jobs, man. You absolutely do need a job. Um, you think he'll ever play football? Again? Well, see, I not. here's I don't think he played for the Cowboys ever. Again. It sounds like there are reasons to feel positive that maybe something good will come of this but it's far too early for me to be like oh yeah like he's coming back like i would still bet against it when's but the last time he played a game january of last year january of or new year's day played that eagles Eve. game he played it how before that so okay i'm trying to get a full totality of like how long he's 
how much time he's played in his career. When was the last time he was playing regularly, I should say? He played like the last two or three games of last season. Yep, okay. And, Tampa, and Detroit, that. and Philly. And then he was out all year and, right. and his rookie year, 15. So he'll play two games out of a possible 30 right. for two years. So, so here's that's my point. Like, out of 32. This is not, to me, this is not about him being, him getting to a point in his life, which I hope he gets to a point in his life yeah. where he's able to get past whatever these things are that's keeping him from football. The fact is, though, when you spend that much time away from football and not playing football, it to me, it's hard to see scenarios where that turns out good for a player. Like, it's it's rare, and I can't think of one offhand. I'm sure somebody has done it, but it's rare when a guy's been out that long and away from football that long that he comes back and he becomes a productive player in the NFL. Would Let's, you even want him back? Sure. You would? If, yeah. I, I mean. No. I wouldn't. I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that. Like like the big thing for me with Randy Gregory is I always got the impression that he was a good dude who his heart was in the right place and he's that's got like weed too much. He's got a variety of issues and I mean that stems back that there's more to it than that. You know, I mean he's got he's got problems that he's working through and I'm not, you know, to some degree it's like this is your job, I deal with it. I get that. But He's not a jerk, for lack of a better term. Like he's he's a good dude. His heart's in the right place. I don't hold this against him. And right now, he's not costing the Cowboys any money or a roster spot. So there's no harm in seeing how this shakes out. And if he gets reinstated and you know is clean and on the straight and narrow and everything, I don't have a problem with that at all. And at that point, if he burns you again, then his contract's up anyway, and then you can kind of wash your hands of it. You know, what's going to be really interesting is if. You know, there's been more and more talk here in the last year from I've, I've heard Jerry talk about it. I've heard NBA commissioners talk about it, about the possibilities of taking marijuana off the ban list in both those sports in football and in basketball. It will be very interesting if, if within the next two, three, four, yeah. five years for the NFL when they have the next CBA sure. uh, discussions, if it becomes a situation where marijuana, marijuana is no longer on the ban list. And guys like him, guys like the receiver that was uh, in Cleveland, you know, Gordon, those guys Gordon. that that who who showed some promise. I, and I think Gordon obviously had a lot more skins on the wall yeah. in a short period of time he played than than did Randy Gregory. But if those guys are well beyond their their times when they could have played football, and then the thing that kept them from football is no longer a problem, that's going to feel really tough for them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but. It's easy to say that, but you can go back and also say, well, you know, it was, it was marijuana that kept them out. You know, that was, that was banned. You couldn't, it wasn't, football wasn't important enough to stop it. That might've been your vice there, but maybe it would be something else then, you know, maybe it's their personalities that that's like, okay, well then I got to do another thing. You know, maybe there's just something that prevents them from wanting to play and wanting to be great. Maybe. You know, it, you, you don't know that. Maybe. I don't know that either. So um, I, I think it's easy to say, oh, man, it's too bad for Josh Gordon and Randy Gregory. They just changed the law, and you, now you're 30 years old, and you probably can't play. But, man, that that's bad. I don't know, because maybe they, they would never have done the things necessary to play. I mean, I kind of agree, I guess, with Amber on that. I don't think I would bring him back. I mean – don't, if you bring him back, then just quit saying the stuff about the right kind of guy because I don't think he is the right kind of guy. If you can't d- get yourself able to play, and if you have and if you have an illness, you have an illness. But 
that doesn't mean you're the right type. However, of guy if he gets himself, if he gets himself corrected, if he if he figures out this whole thing, then why can't he become the right kind of guy? I, I think that's I think that's a little bit, and I don't want to say judgmental because yes, he hasn't done the right things to this point. But if he does work himself back to that point, and he, I mean, that to me is the right kind of guy. If you've had a problem, you've had a continuous problem, and somehow you figure out a way to rectify that problem. That's the kind but, of guy you want. You want a guy that can identify his own issues and say, hey, I got to do something different and eventually but, make that change to do something different. Yeah, right? but the thing about it is you watched the baseball game last night. You don't get six strikes before you get three and then you're out. I mean, that's like this is one of those things where to, to be suspended for a year means I believe you have to fail six drug tests. Right, but he doesn't. And I'm not saying that he deserves this opportunity. I'm saying if you happen to give it to him, like Dave was saying, yeah. it doesn't cost you anything. You want to take oh. a look and it turns out that he actually has some skill and can play. Why not? You know? And here the other thing is, again, He's a sunk cost at this point. You know, like you're not looking at him as the cornerstone guy that you drafted him to be. At this point, it's just gravy. Like I said, he's not hurting you to have right now. And if you want to bring him back, it's like you you already lost him. You know what I mean? And now I mean if he can get right and whatever, that's great. But it's not like you're looking at him with like hope and optimism that he's gonna carry your pass rush. It's just like, well, yeah. Nobody's going to care if we have to cut this guy, and maybe he'll grow into something. And I've always thought right kind of guy was bull anyway. I think it's really <laughs> all about how well you play football, and right. if he can help your pass rush, that's fine. Um, well, he's he's had a few chances. Sure. Still messing up, messing up. I see it like the team, they have plenty of players to deal with. Do you want to keep dealing with someone that gives you issues? Like you have too many guys that you're taking care of, and it's like an ex. One of your exes keeps doing the same crap over and over. You get rid of them. Do you want to bring him back around? No. You're done. You're moving on. Okay, bye. Good to know you. Good to see you. Bye. Next. You move on. You got a good point. That's not that's that's not a bad point at all. Great analogy. I, I mean, I'm I whatever. I'd still do it. <laughs> You're a glutton for punishment. I I mean, I'm uh, asking. Once I've invested time in you, I just feel like I got to get something back. Self-loathing right? is a big part of my whole shtick, so I'm fine with that's that. That's your aura. That's yeah. like just what you do. That's really a bad comparison. Why? It just is. It's not. It, it's it, not. I like. I like it. Yeah, I thought it's perfect. Well, just a. Okay. What? Say well, what you want to well, say. The thing, I mean, like, like you've been bashful to say what you want to say in the past. No, but I just mean, okay, so it, I just don't think it's a great comparison. you saying that, okay, move on. Well, you'll be fine. You can move on. The Cowboys have been looking for a pass rusher since DeMarcus Ware for like the last like six or seven years now. I've been trying to find a pass. I mean, so it's harder to just say, well, just move on. You really want to deal with him. They do need him. They, but, they need a player like him. But that goes back to the point I made. If he sat out this long – what's the likelihood that he's going to be that right. player? So uh, it, you're not really getting the player you thought maybe you could get when you drafted him in the second round. Like, that, that's that gone. Like, Deza, that's a sunk cost at this point. Right. You're not getting that guy, I don't well, think. Now, if he does, it'll be against all of what's happened to this point with guys that have been out that long. But, you know, all, hey. All I'm saying is, is the Cowboys have showed desperation to get a defensive end. They, they were desperate in the draft to, to trade a two and a three to move up to get Demarcus Lawrence. They were desperate to get a guy that no one in the league would touch or will, has touched since, and that's in Greg Hardy. Yep. They were desperate to get a guy that no one was touching in the draft in Randy Gregory. So they've been desperate. And so that's why I think for you to say, say it like that, like 
uh, move on. Um, yeah, okay. Could but you, you said it yourself yeah. earlier. You said you wouldn't want him back. I mean, no, it no. gets to a point that I, you... I, right. I right. get that they need that. They need that pass rush. But that's at what I cost? Just, like, do you want to deal with... I, I don't know. I wouldn't. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm saying. I, I I wouldn't bring him back either. But I'd say that comparison seems different for you to say move on from an, an ex and just find someone else. When the Cowboys have been trying, they've been scraping the bottom of the barrel, really, to try to find that help. That's what I'm saying. I didn't think any of us planned on spending 15 minutes on Randy Gregory. <laughs> but I, bottom line is I would say... There's, there's, I, I would bet against him playing a significant role for the Cowboys at any point going forward, but keep, keep your ear to the ground on that. Cause I feel like there's at least some rumbling of optimism that something could be there. And the one thing that we do know about this organization and particularly Jerry is that when it comes to players that have had issues, if there's an opportunity to bring them back into the fold. Jerry will look for that opportunity, bring them back in the fold. That's been something that's been a repeated thing. Get him a job. No matter how many issues the guys had. Get him a job doing something. Even yeah, I mean, playing football. There, there are a number of guys in this building, whether they're playing football or whether they're working just in the building, who have had a lot of issues. Not just one. Like you said, Nick, they're, they're the six-strike guys mm. that, have, that have jobs in this building. So whether they bring him back and they try him out to see if he can play anymore – and ultimately can't, or whether they think they can get some out of, something out of him, history suggests that in some respects, if he can get his life together, there will the door will be open here for him to be able to be a part of this organization. Yeah, he's such a head-scratcher because he's one of the the smartest guys in there. He's one of the more intelligent guys, and you just wouldn't think, man, a guy that's, that's that smart, that intelligent, that either he's making bad decisions or you just can't help himself because I know that that is considered an illness. And go ahead. No, that's that's all. And there's some there's some good guys in this building who have had similar types of issues. And I, I think about the documentary you guys did on Leon Lett sure. and some of the issues he had uh, around drugs. And and he's a good guy, and yeah. he's doing a great job at the job that he's given at this point in his life. He had to work past those things. Mm-hmm. And Nate Newton's another. Nate works on our staff and. Nate had to work through some things that that he got himself into. He'll tell you he got himself into those situations. But he got past it, and now he's on a productive path. So I I just don't like the idea of throwing guys away. And I I think I'm agreeing with you, Dave, that give him a chance, and let's just see, right? If he doesn't – if he's not ready to play, find a job for him around here if you want to do that, or just say goodbye. But either way, I think he – you know, you can give it a shot and just see what happens. Well – we're thinking of you, Randy. <laughs> we will see. All right, guys, we appreciate you joining us back tomorrow. We'll get you guys ready for this game, Cowboys versus Redskins. We'll do a little see or no tomorrow during the show. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!